Before we play the cute advertising stories intro. I want to say that this first episode of the multi-part series on virtual pitching and sales calls might just win your agency more advertising accounts. Today, Peter Leviten, who wrote the best-selling, The Levi and Pitch, by this book, Win More Pitches, interviews Lisa Kulontuono of the leading search firm AAR Partners. Lisa discusses the world of virtual presentation wins and fails. You will hear some of Lisa's compelling real-life agency pitch and presentation stories. Please subscribe to Advertising Stories so you won't miss the rest of the virtual pitch series. Next up will be how an agency won match.com using Zoom. Side note, Peter and Lisa's last names are not easy to pronounce using my very own artificial intelligence. Okay, enough of me, on to Lisa. You made it. You've arrived. This is Peter Levitan's Advertising Stories. And you're about to hear entertaining, personal, often instructive stories from deep inside the world of advertising. Lisa, Lisa, where are you? Mr. Levitin, I am in Long Island, to be very specific, in New York. And I bounce back and forth between the city and Long Island these days, but uh, I don't think it matters where you sit anymore. (laughs) (laughs) No, which is actually a good lead into this conversation where we're going to talk about how people present, do it well, fail, when they present online, which is essentially a sales call, right? Let's get, you know, I always cut to the chase. People call it business development. I say, you know what, guys, it's sales, right? Um, so how do people use Zoom, et cetera? And you are an expert at sitting kind of at the other side of the table from agencies. Uh, so tell me about AAR Partners. Let's get going with that. Sure. Well, AAR Partners has been around uh, this past January. It's 40 years. We celebrated our 40th birthday uh, here in the United States. Uh, The history, I won't go through the full history, but uh, the original founder comes from London, 1975. Uh, AAR Partners was really founded as a shortcut to the shortlist. Then we came here to the United States in 1980. Leslie Winthrop uh, opened the doors with Lindsay Payne. I showed up in 2001, and AAR Partners is still going strong, helping marketers find new agency partners um, in various ways. But uh, today we have moved into 100% digital in terms of the search process. And do agents? Do you have a database of agencies? How do you? You get a client, they sell Oreos, and your client list is golden. It's a stellar list. Uh, Let's say I'm selling Oreos. And this is, I know this is like a two-hour conversation, so I'm not going to try to lead you down that road. But do you have a database? How do you know what, other than, you know, obviously a WPP agency, which may or may not be a good thing to be these days, um, how do you find that right fit or the top five or 10 or however you get to a short list? It's, it, it's funny you ask this question, Peter. Uh, I, I, I actually remember exactly where I was on 55th Street, walking towards 3rd Avenue, about 
18, 19 years ago, more, 19 years ago. So I've, I've been involved since 2001. So it's uh, over, over 19 years, which is hard to believe. Um, and I asked this exact question of Leslie Winthrop, who now is retired for a couple of years. Uh, and I, I even said that to her. I was brand spanking new to this whole thing. And I'm going, how do you know which agencies to, to talk to when you have a new client? I remember her answer being, well, you just know. And, uh, you know, I, I sort of rolled my eyes going, that's not an answer. But many years later, it is an answer. Um, do we have a database? Absolutely. Uh, other than that digital database, which we've kept for years and years and years, there's, there's thousands of agencies in it. Really? We are in the business of human relationships and human connections. And other than the digital data center, which we keep, honestly, it is about relationships. It is about meeting with and speaking with agencies consistently, day to day, week to week, month to month, year to year. I talk to agencies all the time, virus or no virus, homebound or not homebound. Uh, you know, the fact of the matter is my, I look at my job is to keep up with the agency universe and not just, not just in terms of logistics, but also in terms of people, right? What, what's going on? How are they doing? How are they feeling? How are they dealing with this whole pandemic, quite frankly? Um, and whether it's pre or post pandemic, part of what I do is to keep those connections strong and alive, build friendships for that matter, and really know what's going on in terms of the agency world day by day, as I said. Um, so whether it's the digital data center, which we keep, quite frankly, it's also, it's here and here. And that's how I, uh, that's how I think about agencies. Art and mind, art and science. Those are words, especially art and science have been rolling around my head. Are you inundated these days by agencies raising their hand and, you know, doing that thing that we do, we used to do in school, which is me, 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 me. Well, at least maybe that wasn't me. I was in the back of the room, but I, I have a sense you might've been the me, me, me type, but don't shoot me. Um, are, are you getting a lot of me, 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 look at me from agencies? Uh, first of all, I did sit in the back of the room, Peter. <laughs> okay, good. Well, we would have been buddies then. Okay. Yeah, exactly. I, I started to inch my way up as I realized that, uh, sorry, I didn't realize, my French teacher realized I needed glasses because I couldn't see the blackboard. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, our agency is consistently reaching out. Sure. And you know what? That's their job. If they weren't, they wouldn't be doing their job, um, whether they're circling from agency to agency and then reaching out when they're in a new space and place, which I'm looking over to my other laptop and I just got an email a little while ago from somebody that uh, said, Hey, I'm here now and I want to introduce you to this great agency. And you know, all that goes through my head is, so what happened to the other great agency that you were selling three months ago? <laughs> but um, yeah, you know, I mean, that's, that's their job. That's what they're paid to do. So, you know, I, I expect, I expect to hear from them and, and uh, keep me posted and keep me up to date. Um, you know, it's interesting because some of them feel like, well, I, I talked to you 18 months ago. 
Yeah, and the world is changing day by day at the moment. So uh, you really need to reach out more than once every 18 months. Uh, I would say at least two or three times a year. You know, keep me posted. Keep me up to date. Let me know what's happening. What's changing? What are you struggling with? Uh, You know, my job is to help them too. Well, it'd be nice if some agencies actually read your LinkedIn uh, uh, page which I was looking at a couple of days ago, uh, you know, just to get inside not only your head, but inside the head of search consultants uh, everywhere, right? That's another story. I, I, uh, I just, side note, when I've, you know, I led, have led very different lives. One was when I ran business development at Saatchi in New York and London, you know, everybody wanted to talk to us. The phone rang. And right. of course, I talked to people in, in, the, in the search world, and, but we were Saatchi and it had nothing to do with me personally. You know, I was just lucky that that was my brand. And then right. years later, after a couple of other things, I had my own agency and, uh, in Portland, Oregon, you know, and I had to raise my hand. And I knew that I couldn't just say, hi, I'm in Portland and we're wonderful and really groovy people. <laughs> you know, we, we go to food carts and food trucks, and, you know, drink Pinot Noir. Uh, so, you know, that is a, that's a whole nother planet, uh, which I've written about is how do you get the attention of you guys? How do you be useful to you? We were Saatchi and it had nothing to do with me personally. You know, I was just lucky that that was my brand. And then years later, after a couple of other things, I had my own agency and uh, in Portland, Oregon, you know, and I had to raise my hand. And I knew that I couldn't just say, hi, I'm in Portland and we're wonderful and really groovy people. You know, we, we go to food carts and food trucks, and, you know, drink Pinot Noir. Uh, so, you know, that is a, that's a whole nother planet, uh, which I've written about is how do you get the attention of you guys? How do you be useful to you? Right. Because it, it's always right. Not about necessarily me. It's about you. And it's, I always, uh, my metaphor is dating. You know, when you sit across the table from somebody on a date and all they do is talk about themselves, <laughs> uh, it's not usually the best date. No, it, it, it's not. Um, but look, I'm pausing here for a second because clients do want to know about the person that they may end up marrying if you want to stay with this uh, arena of dating and marriage. Um, do they want to hear about you constantly? No, of course not. It's not me, me, me. And we've been saying that for years and years and years. But at the same time, you can't go in there for the first, let's just say the first meeting, and only talk about them too, right? Um, it's a combination of the two, right? You, you need to let them know who you are. But it's not about... This is where I live and this is who I am. It's, it's, it's why you. Seriously, like why you? It, it all boils down to why do you exist? What are you offering that nobody else is? How are you thinking about things differently, innovatively, digitally, virtually at this point? I, they do want to hear about that. They do want to hear about your relevant experience and how it could potentially help them in their brand. So if you connect the me, me, me side to the you, you, you side, <laughs> well, then it, then, it, then it works, right? You have to bridge the gap. And I think we get stuck with 
well, I'll, I'll have to talk about them because they don't want to hear about me. And I can't talk about me too much. No, it's, it's not about me versus them. It's about us together. And that's really what it comes down to. Yeah, I'd say that the, the match is both sides listening. I mean, that's the great date. Go back to the beginning, right? That's the great date. So talking about people listening, let's segue into this uh, online virtual world of meetings, which I know we've had in the past couple of years, but obviously it's accelerated now. Um, what do you see working and not working? I'll have some specific questions. Working, not working, what are best practices do you think in what used to be a you know, incredibly managed meeting situation, right? Either they came to my office or I went to their office how did I manage the environment and so forth? And now I've got this weird thing, uh, you know, little little uh, people on the screen. What do you see working, not working? How should agencies make a shift? That was a lot of questions, but you get the answer. <laughs> That's all right. I, I, I think I got all the questions into one important question, which is how do we make this virtual thing work? Um, look. There's really nothing that changed at the same time. The, the only difference is that we're on this box, okay? I'm not sitting in front of you the way I normally would. I'm sitting in front of you through a screen. Okay, fine. Now, the digital connection obviously is the new human connection. Um, but we need to just go a little further with it. So we need to make sure that we are connecting in the most human possible way. Let's take a half a step back before we tackle this question. What has really changed in the past seven, eight months with this pandemic? We've had the most amount of change in the shortest period of time. And with that said, we've all sort of stopped, well, We've gotten stopped in our own tracks. We've been stopped. It's like we all hit this wall, this invisible wall. And I think we just took a breath for a second and realized we need to take new stock in terms of who we are as human beings and what we do. And we've realized the more important things in life. I think we realized that family really does come first. We realize that we shouldn't be working 24 seven. We shouldn't be running all over the globe without a plan, which sometimes we do, quite frankly. I, we realized a lot of things. We realized the, the most important things are really right in front of us. So with all of that said, there's been a shift in the mindset of the consumer. We're more mindful now we're more purposeful now not that we warrant prior but it's definitely more dominant and obvious in terms of how we're making choices and moving forward and and realizing again what is vital and important in our lives all right so brands are realizing this is the shift and with that said, there's a lot of research showing that we need to be very authentic with the brand, uh, authentic insights in order to connect with the consumer on the most human level possible. 
So if that's what's going on, we need to apply that to this, this virtual room, the Zoom room as we all call it, okay? We are all fatigued with it at the same time. But if we start to apply some of those learnings about the shift in the human mindset, in terms of the human connections, in terms of being more purposeful, in terms of being more um, uh, emotional, right? Bring all of that to here. Does that make sense so far? Sure. Okay. Now, if we take that and we apply it to the Zoom room, well, what's different? Well, quite frankly, a lot of it's not different. I mean, I'm going to say a lot of the things that you would do in a normal conference room setting. Don't look at your phone, don't multitask, don't text somebody while you're, you know, sitting there next to somebody uh, talking about a potential opportunity or what have you, or even if it's not a pitch. I mean, quite frankly, even if it's not a pitch, even if you're just in a meeting with a client doing whatever you need to do, and you start texting under the table, what do you automatically show that person? You're automatically showing them that you're just not interested or you have something more important to do. And that's not a setup for a great relationship of any kind. Now, I realize there's grays in there, but in terms of the pitch process, no, you're not supposed to be multitasking. Now, when you're on screen and you do that, it's just so much worse. And I've, and I've watched it. I've, I've done, mm, I don't know, uh, I don't know, four, four or five, give or take, virtual reviews so far since all of this uh, craziness started. And a lot of the same things apply, starting with that. Don't multitask. Okay, fine. But, you know, when we, we used to talk about, well, set the room. Okay, you know, set the room. Are you going to do it here too? You're going to set the room. And what do, you, what do I mean by set the room? Well, let's go to backgrounds for a second. Everybody talks about backgrounds. There's a lot of different ways to slice and dice this. Um, you can do what I do, which is, look, I'm in the bedroom, period, and this is me now. And you know what? There's a connection there. It's, it's on a human level. Right, we all joke about the kids running in and out or dog barking or it's fine. It's fine. In, in, in fact, I was doing a review for a, um, a convenience store earlier, a couple months ago. And the, one of the uh, senior executives was on the call uh, and he's in his son's room and you can see the Lego table in the background. And, he, and he, he would always start by saying, I'm just going to let you know, uh, I can't promise that my five-year-old son or however, however old he was uh, is going to uh, jump into the room and pull some Lego off his table. And everybody, everybody was totally fine with it, of course. But there was one woman uh, from the agency side who said, I hope so. She said, it just brings more levity to this process and it shows that we're all human. And we have another life. And you know what? We're more connected because of it. She was so right. She was so right. You know, in fact, I, I had a, I'm dealing with a Thriving Financial right now, doing a review for them. You know, I still try to be as formal as I can be and professional as I can be in this setting. 
Uh, and I'm on the call with three or four of the clients last week. And in walks my niece, who's eight years old, my nephew, two minutes later, who's 12. And they both walk in the door behind me around to go get my uh, charger for their cell phone or whatever it is. In walks my father. <laughs> because <laughs> I'm at their home. I'm at my parents' home back and forth between my home office in New York City and, and out on Long Island. And I, I just sat there and I started laughing. And I said, well, now that you've met pretty much three quarters of my family, right? And, and they're like, don't worry about it. They, they're laughing. And they, you know, they said hello to the kids and what have you. And it's fine. It's fine. So let me, let me, let me stop you for a second. Yeah. Um, if you, uh, so I'm going to ask you first a question, a quick question. Is it, do you think there's a number of agency people, is, is there a limit to how many agency people can be on the agency side of the Zoom, Zoom table? Yeah, I, I was actually going to tie this story into a couple of things. First of all, you know, be human, all right? Now, how do you be human, right? Well, you have to start by sharing who you are and the meeting starts before the meeting starts so in other words i'm a big fan now of sending a two minute don't go on and on just a two minute video of your team okay introduce yourself talk about yourself in terms of a personal world and a professional world and let them start to get to know you. I think that works really nicely. Right? It just, it, it breaks the ice before you even get on this camera, right? Because the camera is still a little intimidating for everybody in, in one way or another. Um, so at least you start to break the ice before you even get on. So they, they've seen your face. They have a little sense about who you are, just a little bit. So it starts to break down the layers, right? Think about the brain for a second. Okay, the brain, 55% of communication is around body language. Okay, that's number one. Number two, people interact better when we're comfortable with each other. Okay, that's number two. I don't know if number one, number two, I don't think it matters which order here, but that's the way the brain actually functions. Right? It also decodes things. That's another piece to keep in mind in terms of presentations your your brain is meant to decode and then stop so you have to keep that piece of that brain going right and now on on um zoom when you have all these little what i call the brady bunch board right now the brain is is going kind of crazy because you have these multi-person screens and it magnifies this exhaustion problem that we're having because it challenges the brain's central uh, vision, okay? And it's forcing us to decode all these things, all these different people at the same time. So nothing's really coming through so meaningfully. That's why I'm a big fan now of saying, you need to engage a little differently. Okay. Some of the rules are still the same and some of the rules are a little different. All right. The different rules is start the meeting before the meeting starts. Get them to know you a little bit. Get them more comfortable with you. 
allow them to uh, get a sense of who you are before anything starts. Okay. So far, so good. Yeah. Let me. So a, a question. In the old days, remember, uh, we we had chemistry meetings. Is that kind of uh, or is the chemistry meeting really more when they're determining what their short list is? Like, do we like these guys? Where, yeah. What is there a difference? Um, all right. First of all, I've I've thrown out the word chemistry because I think it's ridiculous. I, I've always I always did. <laughs> um, you know, chemistry is some little butterfly in your stomach that disappears after a while. Right? That's not what a relationship should be built on. A relationship should be built on compatibility. And compatibility, the only way a, a, a relationship is really, truly going to work is that the two teams or the two people, either way, are truly compatible, meaning they think in a similar fashion in terms of work ethics, right? You understand each other in terms of how you think. I'm not saying that you have to be exactly the same because that's not a good thing either because you won't push each other. Right? But you do have to understand how each party uh, behaves, reacts, thinks, wants to be spoken to, communicates, um, et cetera, et cetera. All right? uh, do, does each party understand where the other person is in terms of their needs? and objectives and goals and expectations? And is each party prepared to bring their best to the table, understanding all of that, right? That's what compatibility is about, right? It's not about chemistry. Yes, one could argue with me, well, if they don't like the team, I, I understand that, okay? But again, chemistry is fleeting. Right now, when I talk about sending those pre-videos or, or whatever it is, yeah, you are building a little chemistry, but it's about showing your desire, your interest, your authenticity to that you're bringing to the table, that you authentically want to work with them. All right. Um, there was a story of a of a, an agency that I thought was pretty clever. They, I think they were in a pitch process. I can't remember the detail, but they uh, developed a an Instagram page around the category, and they just and they told the client, "We've developed an Instagram page around the category. We're going to be posting things about um, good, bad, ugly, whatever we see uh, around that brand and around that category, around that sector." Okay. What really ended up happening was the client became interested in the page, but they also, in an indirect manner, got to learn about the people on the team because it was the people on the team that was posting stuff, not just one person, not just the new business person. And that's, that's the key to this. In fact, that's probably the key to this, a lot of this conversation. Yes, there needs to be one person responsible for driving and running the process, for the most part, keeping everything organized. But because we're all virtual now, the client needs to have more interaction, more points of interaction with the extended team, not just that one person. 
right? They need to get to know those four or five or six people that are truly responsible for the business. So allow them to get, to get involved. And that's what this agency did. They allowed those four or five, six people to get involved earlier, right? Not just the, ta-da, here we are. We're going to talk to you and allow you to get to meet us in the next uh, hour or whatever it is. No, they started it earlier. So that Instagram page got them interested. But in this indirect way, they also got to learn a little bit about the team. They went to their Instagram page, they connected there, they followed them on whatever they were posting. So it was a, uh, a clever way to allow the client to start to get to know this team. And that's really, really vital. You asked a question that I didn't forget about, you know, how many people is too many people? Well, <laughs> I, th I think it's the same thing as in the real world, all right? When we were not virtual, if there were three clients, you would have three to six agency team members. Okay? You would always match, if not double. If you had five, you would probably have eight to 10 agency people, right? You wouldn't normally double if it was 10 clients, you wouldn't have 20 agency people, but you, know, you would match and maybe add two to three more people give or take right and it's not just about a mathematics equation it's it's also about who are the right people in the room right who's that first call who's that who's that primary person that i'm going to be working with and then who are the four or five um that are ultimately responsible for the business sort of reminds me go brings me back to years ago when taxi was founded why was taxi named taxi Paul Lavoie had a great response to that. Because so you could fit five people in a taxi cab, and those are the same five people that you need to truly run an account. And he was right. So, you know, in terms of the virtual world, it can be very overwhelming to see all these faces on a screen. Um, so again, you know, use your better judgments and be strategic in terms of who's on the call. If they're truly involved in the business, then they need to be there. Right? People ask me all the time, well, I'm a new business person and I need to audit the call, but maybe I shouldn't be there. I go, there's no problem. You know, join the call and you can introduce yourself or in an email prior, you can just say, these are the people that are gonna be on, Okay. And by the way, I do that as a search consultant. I ask every agency, send me your attendee list, uh, their titles, what they're responsible for in advance of the call so that I can let, that's just another first step in terms of letting the client know who is going to be on this call. And if you want as a new business person to be on the call, but you don't want to be you know, front and center with anything, that's fine. Shut the camera off, mute yourself and just audit the call and take your notes and just let them know. Now, again, when I'm managing the review, I will say, Barbara's on the phone, uh, uh, on the phone, tells you how old I am. Barbara's on the video conference. Um, you're gonna see that she is video off and muted and you're never gonna hear from her. Uh, she's not on your team in terms of this business, should they win the account, she's the new business person and she's here to audit, take notes, Keep things running in terms of the process. That's it. That's all you have to do. Okay. Which leads me 
to a question around the black screen. Hey, that drives me crazy. Drives me crazy. The whole point in terms of how do we pitch better virtually, the whole point is to increase that human connection, help make it stronger, do whatever we can to be, um, to inter interact with each other and, and again, to connect with each other on a more personal level. Well, how do you do that if you shut the darn video camera off? It, it drives me nuts. So, so would, would you, if you're an agency, send a client or you, if you're involved in the pitch, a, um, not a rule book that's a little harsh, but here are five things that we think, however they put it, right? Agencies are creative. Here are the five things that we, uh, we will all do, or, you know, I'm not sure what the words are, but, you know, video's on, sound is on, yada, 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 yada you know, uh, I'm going to write all this stuff up at some point, you know, the checklist. Is it, is it okay to send the client the rules? Yeah. In fact, I, I do in a way, um, I don't, you know, obviously I don't call them rules, but guidelines. Okay. And I talk to both sides, you know, and I think we've all sort of, um, learned the proper etiquette, I think is the word we're looking for here. Um, in terms of virtual pitching and virtual meetings, no, you should not be shutting your camera off. Everybody's been talking about it. Everybody says it. In fact, I've told one agency you know, who pitched a client where every one of those clients had their video off. I said, you know what I would have done? I would have said, thank you very much for the opportunity, but apparently we're not that interested or you're not that interested in terms of making a human connection here, which is really important at this point in our world. So we're going to bow out. I know that is so hard to do, so hard, but it's, it's vital. It's vital. Okay. You're not a number. You're an agency with human beings that are going to be laying everything out there on the table for this account and this brand and for this client. Well, then quite frankly, you both need to treat each other with respect. And that starts with putting on the camera. You can mute yourself in terms of the background noise. And I talk about that all the time. You know, do me a favor when you're not talking, mute, mute yourself so that we just avoid some background noise. And that's totally fine. But the video, no, that stays on. In fact, there was an agency that did something really clever, right? Uh, this was for a tourism account. And they, it was a, a five or I don't know, five, 10 minute break uh, in the call, in the meeting. And instead of what everybody normally does, they shut the camera off, they walk away, they come back, they put the camera on, which is fine. Okay. But this was clever. They had an earth cam and the earth cam was, was obviously real time live uh, showing scenes of this destination. So instead of everybody shutting themselves off, they put that on and they saw the destination that they were talking about and those clients. And it was just a really nice way of keeping everything moving and going and alive and feeling like 
you were in totally engaged. Which brings me to another key point in the virtual pitch room, which is to engage and re-engage. Engage and re-engage. I said that twice for a reason. You have to keep doing that. Anybody that presents uh, often uh, on stage or wherever, um, you're taught that. You're, you're taught to engage and re-engage, engage and re-engage. And how do you do that? There's a lot of little tricks and tips to do exactly that. Well, you need to bring that to the virtual room. Again, remember what I said about the brain. The brain is meant to decode and shut down, decode and shut down. Right? You got to keep the brain going, right? You have to keep everybody involved. So how do you engage and re-engage? Well, all right. When you first start, everybody's engaged. Okay, fine. Yeah, use the video, obviously. Uh, uh, the camera on is what I meant. Use videos. Videos are great. I mean, it, it just sucks you right in. Everybody likes to watch a video. Not five minutes, but a minute and a half, give or take. Polls. Right? Live polls. They work. I, I had an agency... Um, well, I think they did two live polls throughout the presentation. And, of course, it has to uh, uh, correlate to the conversation. Uh, live note-taking. There was an agency that was really clever, and I tell everybody that they can do this. Go to Google Docs, right? send everybody that link ahead of time, and just say, I'm going to be taking live notes, or a couple of people will be taking live notes on the meeting, so that if you do have to step out for a moment, you can quickly catch up by just glancing at those notes. I think it was, it works very well. And is that, is that a, one of the screens? So they're showing, a, a, we'll call it a Google desktop as one of the screens during the call? No, in other words, it's, it, no, they don't interfere with the okay. call itself. It's, if you wanna pull up Google Docs, you can see everything being taken in live, in real time. Okay, that sounds good. Okay. Now, uh, you said something interesting because I'm just going to say there's somebody, another agency that did something pretty clever where they, I guess they were taking notes on the side somewhere and then they copied all the notes and plugged it right into chat. So when they were done presenting that section, I think it was about, um, if I could remember properly, uh, uh, they were presenting different creative scenarios, okay, maybe two or three different creative uh, concepts. So as they were presenting it uh, and discussing it, all right, there's a point where they would discuss the concept. Somebody was taking notes. They took those notes and they gave this quick summary in the chat. So they just copied and pasted it in the chat and they said, okay, you know, creative, uh, whatever, concept number two, and here's all the notes. Great idea. Really great idea. And it was really well done. It works very nicely. Gamification. All right. Again, just engage and re-engage in terms of uh, uh, introduce, introductions. You know, introductions is a weird thing. Even in the real conference room, everybody goes around the table. You know, um, I've seen... Some interesting ways of doing it. Um, 
in the real world, we'll call it the real world, uh, I've seen it where, you know, one person introduces the next person. So it almost feels like you're not talking about yourself and patting yourself on the back so hard so the other person does it. It's okay. There's nothing wrong with it. I've seen it where the CEO is involved in the meeting and one of the things that she, and this was a she in this case, she, now, she could get away with this. She, she did a phenomenal, phenomenal job. She knew every one of those team members on a personal level. And you knew it. And she loved every one of her team members with all her heart. That came out. And she literally went one by one with the seven or eight team members and stood behind them with her hands on their shoulders and in a loving way talked about them. That works. You can't replicate that that easily. Right? You just can do that or you can't. Um, you know, in the virtual room, it's, everybody goes around the Brady Bunch board again. It sucks up a lot of time. It really, it really does. What I've seen kind of, it, it was a really nice way of doing this. There's an agency that they would say their names at the beginning and just say, hi, I'm Karen. Hi, I'm Aaron. Hi, I'm whoever. Um, but you're going to get to know us as we go through this meeting in a little more depth. So what they did is that at natural breaks, they would introduce the next person. So throughout the whole meeting, you were getting to know the people behind the video, right, behind the camera, so to speak. Uh, and what they did was they said, okay, you know, Aaron Jones, uh, and they had three little questions about Aaron Jones, uh, or, or three statements, right? And um, Aaron, Aaron, I don't know. Aaron loves dogs. Uh, Aaron um, went jet skiing, and whatever it is, there were three lines about Aaron, but they were intriguing lines. And the, the client got to say, "Yeah, I'd like to hear about this jet ski story," right? So it add a little personal flavor into the introduction of that person, of that team member, and it was done throughout the whole meeting. Right. I thought that was, it was well done, actually. Now, the other thing, just sort of a checkbox that I think every agency should do, make sure your full name, as we see on our, our screens, is, is obviously there in terms of the meeting. So Lisa Colantuano. But the one thing that everybody forgets to do and, forget, and forgets in general is they're not going to remember what you do, what you're responsible for, what, what's your role, what's your discipline, what are you bringing to the table? So I started saying to agencies, put your name, comma, title. And if you can't put the title, at least put the discipline that you're responsible for. So at least they know when... They're talking to Peter. Oh, okay. Peter's the chief creative officer. Got it. Okay, good. It just keeps re-engaging. It works very well. There's a pitch last week um, or a session last week where there was an agency that put everybody at the same background. And now, by the way, let's go back to backgrounds for a second. Yeah, good, good. Yeah, I, I didn't finish that before. I started out by saying, 
like me, your natural surroundings. This is who I am, period. I'm a little boring with, with the doors, <laughs> but still who I am at the moment. But I, I've seen these backgrounds that are so ridiculously overwhelming. They are just ridiculous, bright red colors. And now they forget that you're not alone on a screen. You're, you have five, six, seven other players on the screen on this Brady Bunch board. And now you have this big blaring red blobs that's like so distracting. So you have to think in terms of the whole board, not just you. That's vital. Um, you want to have background? I'm all for it. As long as it strategically integrates into your discussion. Bring it, make sure it's, it's there for a reason, right? Uh, you could be cutesy and clever, but again, make it relevant in some way. I, I, and I, I'll give you a story where there was a very early morning meeting um, with, uh, it was for a, a pitch. And it wasn't that early, but I don't know, eight o'clock in the morning, early enough. And uh, the backgrounds of the, of, of the agency team on the side, so you saw it, like if you're looking at me just to my right, there was just a column of all these little donuts. And you're going, donuts? <laughs> And so what they did was they said, look, we know it's early, uh, but we've eaten breakfast. You may not have. Since we're going to be doing a little bit of the talking on the front end here, please don't hesitate to take your breakfast out if you need to, your coffee or whatever. You want to eat a donut, eat a donut in front of us. We're totally fine. You don't have to shut your camera off. Beautiful setup. Okay. Well, you're good. All right. Beautiful. How about if at that moment, the, well, no, no, you can't do it now, right? Because everybody, who knows where everybody is, but you know, I would, I would try to deliver donuts, but of course that's absurd because you've got five clients at five locations. If you could pull that shit off, knock on the door, there's there's a donut guy. Then you go, okay, these guys, you know, okay, sorry. Uh, A question on backgrounds. Um, I was looking at Zoom, Zoom's website, Zoom's blog. And of course, you know, they have their tips. And one of the tips was, well, you could have your company logo or your client's logo if you're, if you're in a sales meeting. And I thought, all right, you know, if it's subtle, that works again, because you have this mosaic uh, and as you say, Brady Bunch thing and some consistency makes sense. Uh, but I thought, wow, okay, all right, client's logo. And I just thought a big General Mills G might, might be a little obnoxious. You know, there's like, there's a degree of overkill here. <laughs> like, okay, guys, we get it. I agree with that. I agree. You know, you got to be careful in terms of the overkill. Um, I, I give you an example of somebody that did a, uh, a meeting last week with Farm uh, Financial and uh, their logo. And they, they played with it a little bit, but they ended up doing like the logo into a heart. Right. So it, most of the background was this tannish color. But then off to the upper right-hand corner, you saw the logo with, with, a, with a heart. It, it was done very nice. It was really well done. It was just very tactful. So things like that, absolutely fine. But when it starts to get busy and heavy, bright colors and just and it's competing with, your, with you, you know, you're supposed to be the one engaging, not, not your background, right? right? 
and that and that's really what it boils down to. You know, you said something interesting a minute ago in terms of yeah, in the older old, olden days, <laughs> we would deliver whatever, right? Um, now it's just impossible. In fact, I had an agency say, "We want to send some stuff after the final pitch," and I said. I can't give you their personal addresses, right? <laughs> so they're like, oh, yeah, right. I said, look, if you really want to, send the whole box to the uh, headquartered office. People do go in and out. So when they get it, they get it. But that, that's the best I can offer. Now, here's the other thing, though. Now, in this digital world that we live in, I had an agency do this to me. He said, uh, I want to have a coffee chat with you. Can I, can I take you for a coffee? I go, well, I don't mind, but do you really want to be in person? He goes, no, I meant digitally. Yeah. Digitally, right? I go, well, okay. Yeah, and I just sort of nodded like, oh, all right, whatever. And he was emailing me. We were emailing. And do you know that morning, I think it was that morning, right? We had an afternoon coffee chat. That morning he sent me a $10 Starbucks uh, gift card. And he said, this is for our coffee chat later. I said, oh, that's clever, right? So I, yeah, I said, well, but you didn't need to do that, but thank you, uh, you know, I appreciate it. So could you do things like that in advance? Sure, you know, you have everybody's email addresses, so you could send a, uh, a digital gift certificate for five bucks, 10 bucks, whatever it is to each person and make it relevant, tie it in. Like you could have sent a Dunkin' Donuts gift card to each person for 10 bucks and you know and tied it into what you were going to say to the next morning yeah absolutely so there there are innovative ways of doing things you just have to be a little more clever about it i'll give a digress for a second on the food thing uh, i wrote about this in in the book where i i think I, i'm trying to remember how i put it up but the story is whether it's at the agency or at the client a couple of times we would bring in lunch Right. right. So the client said, I want to meet for two hours and we'd start at 11 and we'd say, okay, we're going to bring in lunch. And I, and I, that was close to as disruptive as an event I could imagine because <laughs> Bob is getting up and getting more, uh, you know, more hot dogs, tuna fish, sushi, right. sitting right. down. The other guys getting up, you know, it was like, it was uncontrollable. And I'm, I'm sort of, I'm a moderate control freak, you know, right. this is, I'm the right. stage director here. Right. Okay. Um, uh, all right, backgrounds. I, let, I'm going to ask a really big question now. We're going to wrap up because you're a busy lady. PowerPoint. Uh, how to deal with the presentation. Okay, here's our, everybody's, we're going to look at my screen now. Right, Is right, there, right, right. are there fails and success stories in respect to how to, because this is a presentation, right? So you want people to kind of track. Yeah, I, I mean, look, first of all, I know everybody's going to fall off their seat when they hear this, but send the presentation in advance. Ooh, with the, with the pricing, what? right? <laughs> no. What? What do you mean? What are you talking about? What are you crazy? They're going to jump to the last slide. <laughs> so what? So what? So what? Okay, so what? The, the bottom line is this. In this room, okay, in the virtual room, which is what we're talking about, is, I, I, I'm going back to what I said at the beginning. It's all about elevating the human connections and the way to do this with the virtual room is to shift shift from monologue to dialogue which is what we're supposed to do in the real conference room anyway 
but shift from presentation to conversation. How do you do that? Send the darn thing in advance. Let them look at it. So what? And now some of it's starting to enter into their brain. Now you can actually have more of a conversation rather than here's what's on slide one, here's what's on slide two, here's what's on slide three. They're not going to go through all of it anyway. Okay. But you're setting yourself up in advance for a discussion, for a conversation, for interaction. You don't want them sitting there just listening to you. You want them to talk to you. You want them to ask questions. You want them to have a dialogue. Once you get them talking and you're now conversing rather than presenting, that's half the battle. That's half the battle. That's what it is. All right, Are you so, saying don't show a PowerPoint? I, I use PowerPoint. I didn't, I didn't say don't show it. Send it in advance. Okay? Right. Or if you don't want to send the whole thing in advance, at least send an outline. Okay. In advance, okay? Just send an outline, an agenda, what you're going to cover, the key points. So that's fine too, okay? And then you want to save the big stuff for the actual big day, that's fine too. Okay, good. But you want, again, you want to have a, 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 a discussion rather than just a presentation. It's really important to do this. So use these things in advance. In terms of the screen itself, yeah, you turn on the camera to the, to the, you know, you shift whatever it is. You shift to the presentation, and now all the big Brady Bunch screen goes up to the top. You can have the speaker view. You get the presentation view. We all know what to do with all of that. Now, he, here's a couple of things that I've been thinking about, right? and I've seen, too. First of all, if you... If you do the minimize in the top left-hand corner and you minimize the screen, all of those little video boxes with all of our faces jumps to the top and you see the full presentation. Okay? So that's, I think that's helpful because very often at the beginning of this whole craziness, I, and this is a real story, I was watching a presentation from an agency and they were talking to me about something really important, but I couldn't figure out what they were talking. I'm like, what the hell are they talking about? And I realized that the screens, the video faces, whatever, was covering that really important point they were making on the presentation. And I, I moved the, our head, you know, our heads, and I'm like, oh, it's here. And they're like, yeah. I go. Time out. Is that I missed everything you said because our faces was, was covering that important point. So two things. One, you can minimize so that the video boxes jump to the top and you can see the full presentation. Or two, you could think about designing the presentation so that there is a a, a blank column, if you will. So that you can put all the video faces there, right? And redesign. Don't use the full eight and a half by eleven sheet anymore, right? Use two thirds of it, and use or three quarters of it, and use one quarter as a blank spot to put the video to, to put the 
you know what it is, the head, the, the video boxes, mm-hmm. right? I, because otherwise I found myself, it's very annoying. That, to me, this is the, one of the most annoying things about the virtual room is that I'm constantly moving all of the heads, right? And it's, it's just irritating. So those two things, I think you need to keep that in mind as you go through. But um, no, I mean, when you're presenting the way you would in, in the conference room, you're doing it in the Zoom room. You take out your presentation and you go through it. But, you know, again, try not to just talk at a slide. Try to bring it to life by engaging and re-engaging. Um, bring it to life by bringing the clients into the conversation, not just the presentation. Uh, and then, by the way, I'd like to sort of leave this with, there are a few key tips that you could learn from uh, broadcast journalists, which I went and looked up. And there's about four or five of them, but there's a lot of little lessons to be learned about being on camera and engaging on camera. And one of them is the, the number one thing I'm sure you could guess is posture. Right? I'm so conscious when I'm speaking on camera to sit right and to sit with the shoulders back. Right? I, you, once you start doing this and you just start to slouch the way I am now, it's so disengaging. It, it just, I, I watched it. I don't know, a few months ago, three, four, five months ago with another review. And there's one guy speaking, and there's one guy next to him. There's a gal on his other side. And the two around him were, you know, one's like this with their head in their hands. And the other one is completely slouched back in his chair. Like, I don't have time for this. It is so disengaging. I don't care if you're speaking or not speaking. Look alive. Okay? Sit straight, shoulders back, smile. You don't have to be grinning ear to ear, but you know, just have a just have a pleasant look on your face. And you have to be conscious of of that, and it makes a difference. It really does. Well, I'll uh, I'll end this with one of my favorite words, which I'm sure you you see. Just, you know, you, you, you see it either happened or it didn't happen. And that is rehearse the agency. And, and this sounds absurd because I've, I've actually, you know, finished pitches in the parking lot of a client's office building. Uh, right. Sometimes you, whatever, in Germany after driving all night. I mean, you know, we've all, we all have our stories, uh, but I, uh, you have to rehearse. And I'd say the other thing with the virtual world is have someone in the office or other people in the office do the practice pitch online. Now this, again, these things sound so obvious, but you know, I'm, I'm, I'm talking to a client later today who's going to debrief me on a pitch they did yesterday. And uh, I'm going to sit very, you know, now that you've just re-educated me, I'm smarter now than I was an hour ago. Uh, it'll be interesting for me, um, you know, to, to hear their story. But again, I'm going to say, did you guys rehearse and have someone in the agency look at you because you need, you know, this is, you know, there's a reason why before the pl- the show is put on Broadway, there are people, you know, the producer and the director sitting in the audience going, no, don't do this. Uh, these are pretty important. Here's my last question. Uh, length. Is there, I know sometimes clients dictate length because for whatever reason, but it, it, 
what do you think is is like a low and high optimum length for this kind of thing? Yeah, well, okay. So there's two things that we'll leave on. One, let me just address the rehearse for a second. An agency asked me, how much is too much in terms of rehearsing? And I sat there for a second and I said, I want you to rehearse until it seems so rehearsed that when you get on camera, that it looks natural. And that's exactly what the Broadway shows do. Okay, it is so second nature, right? That they don't even have to think anymore. But yet, it looks like they're just doing it off the cuff. And that, that's what a good rehearsal should do. Okay? It's not supposed to look rehearsed. It's supposed to feel natural. Why do I sometimes stop? I do this deliberate, actually. I sometimes stop and I go, let me, let me, let me think about this for a second. I know what I'm going to say. It's just, it makes it more human. It's really important. Um, the other thing I wanted to say, by the way, is the whole agency team they should be connected on the outside. In other words, you're all on video uh, or everybody's on video, but there should be a group text that mm -hmm. if you need to text someone and say, hey, smile, okay? You can't do that on chat. Do it as an outside group text. Yeah. So be looking out for each other. Have a way to communicate. Okay? I, I think that's vital. And I, you had one other question and I lost it. I'm sorry. What was your Length. question? Oh, the length. Um, look, you know, nine times out of 10, it's dictated by the client. I have 45 minutes. I have 30 minutes. I have an hour, whatever it is. For me, when I'm, it depends on the type of meeting. But, uh, you know, if, if it's a final presentation, I do set two hours, two to two and a half hours. Uh, I know it feels like, oh, my gosh, Zoom, two and a half hours. It goes very, very fast. And if you really are having fun and engaging and re-engaging, there was an agency that used the chat to literally poke, not poke fun, like um, poke, poke fun and have, and have fun, right? So if, I don't know, Jane was saying something, somebody else would sort of give a wise crack. It just brought everything more to life in terms of being human. So uh, length, again, is dictated by the client, but if you feel like it's, oh my gosh, two hours, what am I going to do? Engage and re-engage. Well, I'll leave with this compliment thought. <laughs> Always good to end on a positive note. Uh, we just talked for, I, I, I'm, I'm not sure, 40 minutes. Uh, I listened to every word you said because you're talking about something that is very important to the industry. It's important to me. And uh, I could see clearly if a client is looking to have an agency handle, I'll pick a number, a $30 million account, just keep it simple. You know that client is pretty damn interested in what you have to say by the, by the time they get to the short list and the final presentations. And yes, you should be conscious of time. And I love your chat, uh, you know, the, the fact that you can say to somebody, hey, Bob, wake up whatever look happy you know all that good stuff or it's your turn now you haven't said anything i mean it's it's something hard to do in the room so here's an advantage to not being in the room um, exactly right right exactly so right. Yep. uh 
Well, I don't know what to say other than thank you. I, I, there are going to be ad agencies around the universe. I know one on the moon right now that wants to know how to do this because, of course, they can't come and see us in person. So this is intergalactic. Yeah, there it is. That's just the whole thing. But look, uh, in, in every challenge, there is a growth opportunity. So use it as a growth opportunity. Use the good, you know, take, take it for what it is. But uh, Turn some of this craziness into benefits, and, and uh, yeah, the challenge could be terrific as long as you learn from it. So, well, I, I really appreciate your time, your insights, the fact that you're you know uh, in the front lines is great. Um, thank you, Lisa. You're more than welcome, Mr. Levitin. It's always wonderful to talk to you, and stay warm and safe down there in uh, Mexico. I will do that. <laughs> Take care. Well, folks, that was Lisa Colantuono of AAR Partners, the leading advertising agency search consultancy. Lisa discussed how to win using online tools like Zoom, etc., how to be virtual and wonderful and human. I want to thank Lisa, but I also want to thank Leslie Stahl for allowing us to use the CBS studios today. Leslie said, take your time, Peter. Don't get up if you don't want to. Do whatever you want. CBS loves you. By the way, subscribe to Advertising Stories because I'm going to do more sessions on how to use the virtual space to pitch. I've got a, uh, <laughs> I've got a neuroscientist coming, and I've got a couple of agency people who have won using virtual tools. Stay tuned, people. Bye-bye.